1: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope, this one, and it's touchdown, this time going deep for Beckham Jr., Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Visa, Indeed and Bed Online. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on the Road of His Overtime podcast, one of the co-owners of Road of His. Uh, It's always my pleasure to have him on the show, but Sean, we're through two weeks of the NFL season. Unfortunately, this one was injury-filled, it was injury-ravaged, it was... Uh, a tough landscape to look at at certain times and we'll be talking about that on both shows this week as to how it affects the uh, kind of landscape of the the fantasy sphere moving forward but how were you affected in, in week two by those injuries? I know for me, the big one is uh, the Cortland Sutton one. I know that's going to affect some of your lineups as well because we co-own a couple of teams with him in both of them. But uh, how, I, I, I really enjoyed the week. I thought it was a, a really good week of uh, you know fantasy football, NFL football in general. But those injuries are, are tough when they when they come in points just like that.
0: Yeah, it this was a, a tough week because there were so many exciting things that happened that you hate to see all of these other... The injury developments mar what was otherwise just a fantastic second week of the season following up, you know, what I think was a brilliant week one, you know, when you consider all the, the things that are going on. Now, we talked a little bit about how that maybe actually holds down the defenses a little bit more than the offenses since they have to play. You know, so much as a unit can't afford to make any mistakes. And so we're, we're seeing some offenses run wild, which I, I think makes for, for fun viewing. And it certainly makes for some high fantasy scores, which we also like, especially for the beneficiaries to see all of these big names go down this past week is, is disappointing. So we're, you know, we're never rooting for that on, on anyone. I, I think that something that can happen for, you know, those of us who do get to own a decent number of teams that it maybe spreads that out a little bit. And so your entire season doesn't end on one day, but you know, my heart goes out, you know, first and foremost to the players They're you know, they put their, their lives into this. And then certainly the, the last year of their life into getting ready to, you know, be so excited about what you do and then, you know, suffer these injuries. That's it's devastating. Also, you know, for all of us who are trying to, you know, have this diversion and, and just really enjoy our hobby here. You know, if you're a Saquon Barkley owner, it's a very hard week. Uh in one of the leagues that the Blair and I own the team together, the Saquon Barkley owner actually scored 220 points this past week and moved into to first place and yet even though the team is obviously fantastic, Barkley will not be there. For the rest of the season. And and so, you know, you go through those different types of things. I one of my my favorite dynasty team is the Kitchen Cinco team that had you know the the good fortune to have won the the Super Bowl actually, that 48 team field of four conferences. And that's a Christian McCaffrey Saquon Barkley team that does also have uh Cortland Sutton and Will Fuller. And so to have those guys go through that suddenly you're you're going from thinking, okay, well this has a chance to be a multi-year dynasty. Thinking, well, you know, are, are we suddenly into a, a rebuilding process? And I, I was able to make a trade uh, just this morning to bring on Elliott, Jerry, Judy, Laviska Chenault. Did a trade away Barkley, so he will no longer be part of that future. And then uh, some other great debbie prospects, some future picks. You know, a lot going away there. So. You know, if you're a Barkley owner in Dynasty, you're possibly looking now to sell and load up for the future or maybe spin Barkley for someone. There are only a few players who can realistically replace that type of production. So if the Elliott owner or the McCaffrey owner, the Camara owner in your league uh, isn't in a place with the rest of their team where it makes sense to deal, then there's really just not that much you can
1: yeah, I agree with that. I'm just going to shoot a question to you, Sean. I don't think we've talked about it on this show at all. Is it, say an injury to Saquon Barkley out for the rest of the season? If you're a team that is maybe not in contention this year, are you doing what you can to to try and get that Saquon uh, owner to to sell him off to you for you looking ahead to next season?
0: I think so. The question is, is always just, you know, how how do you really go about doing it? Because for example, in in the case, in the situation I was in, the couple of trades that I looked at, I, I received an offer right away from the Elliott owner. Uh Elliot is not one of my favorite guys. I've kind of avoided him even in the 3 spot in main events this year, which I don't know that's going to going to pan out. He's looked very good, the offense has looked very good the first couple of weeks. Now fortunately the guys we have instead, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, those guys are going to score a lot of points as well. But if you don't have a player kind of in that range, then, you know, how do you go out and really get someone like that? If your league has devy players then maybe it's a little bit interesting because you know there are some specific guys that maybe you want to bet on already right and that kind of goes both ways maybe if you have a lot of, of first round picks but first round picks can turn into a lot of different players even if there's a reason to believe it's going to be an early first round pick right the the trade that i offered davis was for cd lamb and travis atn the back there i think could eventually be Someone like a Barkley, but all we have to do is look at this current draft and look how quickly you know some things change around. This time last year, you know, you have some guys like a JK Dobbins, like a DeAndre Swift, and those players are good players. I have a lot of Dobbins, I'm very high on him. We're going to talk about my uh, new rookie rankings uh, in the show for Thursday. But you, know, you look at Swift, you look at Dobbins, they're definitely not in that range where you're going to be thinking, okay, you know, that's a, a Saquon Barkley anytime in the near future. Same thing with Akers. Same thing, I think, with, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who moved up to the number one pick this year. I think the only guy you know, we're really looking at in that category is a Jonathan Taylor. So if you have a guy you think is that good, then I think it makes some sense to go out and get him. We know at the running back position, you know, it's it's definitely this marriage between the talent, the opportunity, and even how the coaching staff that drafts them sees them, right? Because if you get drafted by a coaching staff that sees you as a second round pick, that sees you as a rotational player with a Gus Edwards, then you know that's going to be something that doesn't allow you to return that value that you're you're hoping to get for for a Barkley. So the Barkley owner, I think, has to be very careful right now if you're rebuilding you know definitely explore those trades because you never know what might happen
1: yeah I always think it's something just interesting that you know if you're in a team it can be a way to maybe catapult you maybe a year ahead of schedule rather than having a two-year process of building that team but um this weekend we'll we'll focus on the the excitement obviously the injuries the big ones to Saquon Barkley to Christian McCaffrey to Cortland Sutton obviously two of those been season enders hopefully we get Christian McCaffrey back you know and three to four weeks but it's probably going to be a little bit longer but we'll it's always a tough time like we've seen it on the defensive side of the ball just so many injuries so we'll try and focus on as much positivity the rest of the way sean as we can the first uh one that i want to do and that is look at the buffalo bills and the player we're going to look at here's a you know he's a wrote of his og i guess you know it's uh, stefan diggs um but i want to give a special shout out to his quarterback josh allen who through the first two weeks of the season has just uh tore things up you know in terms of how he's playing as a passer uh, the can far more consistency to how he's playing far more controlled um has made a-, a big leap so far I know it's only two weeks but um it's it's a big change the offense as a whole has made a lot of changes and I think having somebody like digs there now really opens things up because john brown while as a player i really really like and i've always liked is not a a number one in terms of an nfl number one wide receiver Um, but when you have him and digs it just opens the field up so much it's really hard to cover both of those guys at the same time and then Cole Beasley who may not always be fantasy relevant can can do a sustainable job in the NFL so I think then when you look at how they're using the two running backs it's a very very interesting uh system that they're trying to run in Buffalo but what it really shows is that that step forward by the quarterback and obviously having a player like Diggs can can make that happen do do you think if we're looking at how the Bills have evolved this year do you think it's down more to digs i guess or more to Allen. i think it's a a combination of both but i definitely see a vast improvement by by josh allen so far
0: yeah and you have some of these situations where it was about uh, i think the normal progression that we would hope for Allen. he's taken a lot of criticism for not being particularly accurate and even in this game you know you saw him miss a few passes that you would really like For an NFL quarterback to make at the same time when we contrast someone like a Josh Allen to a Kirk Cousins where everything has to go right for Cousins right and he needs to have the players around him to elevate his play and then if the play isn't there you know he's going to take a sack they're going to uh, you know move even more run heavy those types of things really try and manage what he does and so when we're looking at the completion percentage, the accuracy for someone like a Josh Allen compared to a Kirk Cousins, we're really looking at two different things. And so Allen allows you to do so much, to attack the defense in so many ways. And what we've seen through a couple of weeks here is where I think the Bills want to be. Now, is it going to stay that way for a full season? You, you definitely wouldn't think so, right? We've we've seen Allen jump from 28 pass attempts a game to 40 pass attempts a game in these first two weeks. His fantasy points in terms of expected points as a passer have jumped from 13 to 22 right but even with that big jump he's actually outperformed it by eight points a game so we're getting this huge passing volume from him scoring all of these fantasy points and one of the reasons it's happening is because buffalo is passing when they have the lead right so they're second in the nfl right now in terms of plays while leading and in that environment they have a 59 41 pass ratio and so. If we believe the Bills are going to stay this pass-heavy, then it's very, very good for both Diggs and John Brown. I don't think that it will, but I think that it's exciting to see that Buffalo has decided to put together a team a little bit more like these teams that can dominate and go to the Super Bowl, a little bit more like the Kansas City Chiefs, where you can go out there, you can dominate through the air, you can put points on the board. Now, they didn't blow out the, the Miami Dolphins, and I think that you know maybe that raises some red flags but this is a team that has playmakers and the playmakers are going to be better in space right so you have Devin singletary who's one of the more electric running backs we have in the nfl now the cuts that he can make the acceleration out of those cuts you Now some of these guys have this jump cut ability and they make the guy miss they're, they're looking at air you know they've got the opening then and It's not that they don't do anything with it. You you make a defender miss in the NFL. You're going to go forward. You're going to make some more yards. But some of those guys, it takes a little while to get back up to speed. That is not the case for Singletary who makes that cut and goes. And so they have him. I think that's an undervalued part of the offense. We've heard so much about Zach Moss. You know, you and I are on Zach Moss for our teams. He's going to get a lot of high value touches, but Singletary is a good back to be the one a or even the one B if that's what it turns out to be. So, Looking at what this offense is doing, I think that there's a lot of reason to be excited now because, again, you contrast that with with the poor Minnesota Vikings, and you can see just how valuable it is to have a team that wants to score points. And you look at the plays that Diggs made, what that does for John Brown, what John Brown does for him, I think you've got to be very excited about this offense
1: yeah i think it's a a full combination everything involved like you know getting digs in to have him and brown there obviously having the step forward from the quarterback having the scheme to be a bit more uh you know pass heavy or kind of you know adventurous or you know whatever you want to call it but they're starting to push the ball downfield, And what you mentioned there even when they're leading and that's what they did through the first two weeks of the season which isn't something we've seen last year the the two running backs i think are you know at the end of the season we might be talking about these two guys as the best combination of backs in the league you know as a one-two punch i've been really impressed through two weeks of them and i know you mentioned we're on moss like i've been on record as well as and how much i like singletary so i think it's gonna be a really good backfield as well i've just been impressed um all, all around by how things have been working the other thing with josh allen obviously he's you know putting up a lot of points in terms of the touchdowns he's been able to pass for uh, but what, what we came to expect from kennel last year was the, the rush attempts um, and while he is still rushing the ball not to the same extent as we've probably seen last year so we're going to see that happen as, as the game goes on as well and we often look at players like uh, john brown who maybe one play uh, can make a game for him we also have a quarterback here who has one of the it mightn't be the most accurate arm in the nfl but it's up there with one of the most strongest arms in the nfl so they, they are going to continue to try and take those you know downfield uh, attempts and he's going to continue to eventually hit a few of them every every game or every couple of games and that's going to lead to more fantasy production for him as well um so all very exciting in Buffalo at the moment Uh, looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season goes and it's great to see Diggs uh, back uh, back to I guess what we'll call his best after (laughs) you you mentioned the situation with the Vikings I'm sure after seeing what happened with them and the Colts this Sunday he was glad to uh, to be out of town uh, this week but um, fun times in Buffalo
0: Definitely. And you you look at Diggs and we have that contrast with what happened last year. We set a new career high in points per opportunity, but he only had a 22% target share. That's almost impossible to fathom on a team that didn't have other legitimate options during those stretches when Adam Thiedlund was limited. And those stretches occurred for big chunks of the season, right? So through two weeks, 28% target share. We don't know that he can necessarily sustain that, but that's what you would want to have from a star receiver that's what someone like Diggs should be getting it's what someone who you've traded those picks for this trade was criticized because you know the vikings end up getting justin jefferson they get more out of it than that you're looking at someone who requires a bigger contract you're looking at someone who probably is a little bit tricky to deal with in terms of practice you know teammates all of that kind of thing not without some issues there when you break Diggs in if you are going to go through all that, then he needs to be the focal point of your offense. And it's very encouraging to see that he actually is. I think the fantasy owners were nervous that this would be a run-based team. This would be a Josh Allen scramble-based team. And it's not been that way at all, right? Like, like you were saying, Josh Allen willing to throw the ball up. He's completed 13 of the 16 passes that have traveled more than 15 yards in the air right i mean Allen is willing to, to put the ball up and his guys like that and Diggs made a couple of extraordinary catches in this game so a lot of things in week two that we can't expect to happen every week simply because you know the percentages aren't there the highlights you know aren't going to happen every single time but if you believe Diggs is one of the top six or seven wide receivers in the nfl which is what we've been preaching for a long time I think has been met with some skepticism in the fantasy community, but there are also other player people out there who look at the different things that he has done. You know, digs fantastic in contested catch situations. We saw a couple of plays like that against the dolphins where he rose up against a better positioned defender and really made an extraordinary play. When you see a guy doing that, when you see a guy make a catch tapping the feet on the sidelines, sliding in and crashing into the opponent's bench, you know, Diggs has a big personality, maybe a tricky personality, but also someone who really competes. And I think teammates like that, I think the team as a whole, the coaching staff, you're going to call plays for these guys. I think Diggs and John Brown, they're not going to stay where they currently are in the rankings. You know, Diggs in the top five, John Brown in the top 10, but they're going to finish with good fantasy seasons.
1: Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether on our corner stores, our coffee spots, our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference and going that extra mile to support our community. And right now more than ever local businesses need our support so now is the time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping make the choice to shop at a local business. Tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause any time, and there are no long-term contracts. With 75% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you that important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with our free $75 credit at indeed.com slash Bluewire. That's the best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. I'm Dave Cabin, host of the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. We love producing these shows and we hope that you love listening to them. As a thank you, Royal Podcast listeners can get 10% off of a one-year Rotovis subscription by using the promo code 2020RVRadio at checkout. We have some of the very best tools, articles, and analysts in the business and can't wait to lead you on the path to greatness. If you haven't done so yet, do us a favor and take a minute to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Now let's get into the show. So, Sean, obviously, last week on the podcast, we talked a little bit about the Packers, and I always say about temper and expectations, uh, I try not to come across as a a homer. But when it comes to what I said in last week's show, I thought the offense was much more explosive and much more well-rounded and you know Devonte Adams uh sat out for quite a quite a chunk of this game this past week and Aaron Jones was the man to step up to the plate and we had seen actually this the splits with uh, Adams out for Jones obviously do tend to produce a lot more for him from a fantasy points perspective but Aaron uh, Jones really did step up and this one kind of even at the start of the game the Lions you know clearly uh just their plan was to to not let uh Devonte Adams you know score or get much of the ball they just kind of blanket covered him the whole time but the Packers were able to take advantage of that and I've been really impressed through the opening two weeks of the season and I'm sure most people listening are the way they've been able to put up points last year like I thought throughout the whole season the Packers were winning weekly but they were almost like a, a fraudulent team winning they they beat the Detroit Lions twice last year and I think they only like they didn't lead in either game they won with last second field goals in both of them so they were a bit fraudulent in how they were winning those games and it was a lot of defensive uh you know struggles whereas this year they're just coming in on the defense probably as Nord was last year but they're they're blowing teams out of the water pretty pretty effectively so I, I think that uh, the the star of this one as you as you've written in your piece this week was Aaron Jones uh monster monster game for him and i know we all looked you know a couple of weeks ago about the way the packers had drafted dylan and you know jamal williams was there they were splitting uh maybe how how will this backfield shake out Who, who'll get the goal line work I think those questions have been pretty much put to bed with how Aaron Jones has played. I, I've talked about. I'm not sure if the Packers will give him a contract. Obviously, that's going to be a big conversation come the end of this season or throughout the season, I guess. But um, he he definitely has shown to be a star, and you know we've seen some running backs around the league get big contracts. We've seen on Monday Night Football all the was on the losing side. We've seen uh, Alvin Kamara, who got a contract recently, have a, a big big game. But w- when you're looking at what Jones does like the more you see him play like this the more he looks like an Alvin Kamara he he looks at that level although he's not talked at that level um I, I was super impressed with what he done this week Um, wh- what's your thoughts based on where we probably were six weeks ago on on where Jones should be kind of in terms of the rankings at this point
0: well I didn't understand Jones ADP this offseason i i say that as someone who didn't draft him a lot so I, I also want to make that clear the guys that i wanted in this range were you know players like Devonte adams julio jones uh deandre hopkins and it's certainly been encouraging to see hopkins get off to the fast start because he was really the guy that i wanted over the running backs in this range so with that context I do think it's strange where Jones is being picked, right? Our range of outcomes app, our SIM scores, had him in that same range with a Derrick Henry. You know, I think if you're taking Derrick Henry in the middle of the first round, Aaron Jones also belongs there. I talked about in the piece that there seemed to be this just huge concern that Aaron Jones' 2019 season was fueled entirely by touchdowns. And those touchdowns are great. You want to have someone like an Aaron Jones in a Packers offense where that touchdown upside is there. And that's what we saw again in week two, right? If you don't have a good player and you don't have a good team, then you don't have that chance to have the big season where the guy goes crazy. We're not expecting 19 touchdowns, but when we're drafting guys in those first two rounds, we want that to be a possibility because, you know, that's where you get the league winning season. But even once you remove those, one of the things that was striking to me, right, is that Aaron Jones had more expected points in 2019 than Derrick Henry. He also had fewer points over expectation. Now they are both very high, right? So it's not like we wouldn't expect both of them to fall off, but Henry's were higher and Aaron Jones uh, many more, more than four points per game higher in terms of expected points as a receiver. That's the profile that holds up better. So if anything, Derek Henry should have been the guy going toward the end of the second round. Aaron Jones should have been going in that Alvin Kamara area, just like you're saying. I mean, he, he is that kind of back, and that is where he should be drafted if we're going to look at anything other than just this real concern with Dylan. And I think that there is the possibility that he, that he still comes in, does more in the second half of the season. He's someone I'm adding in redraft as he becomes available, as he's dropped. We always want to be prepared for that. We saw what, what happened this last week with so many runners going down. You want to be prepared for contingencies but those other players right now, that's, that's all that they are with the Packers. And it's been very interesting to see what they've done these first couple of weeks. If all that the Packers accomplished in the 2020 draft was to light even more of a fire under Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, then I think they succeeded with that draft. Because those guys have been absolutely fantastic in the early going right now. Jones, again, we're seeing touchdowns we're seeing the workload we're seeing expected points we're seeing points over expectation we're seeing highlights we're seeing the receiving ability uh if anything there was another touchdown that was very close through the air there i mean he looks like an absolute star and those are certainly the kind of guys we want to have on our fantasy teams
1: yeah i mean I, I don't, i'm sure people have caught the highlights or watched the games or you know whatever on sunday but there was one catch down the sideline that i i don't think you'll probably see a better running back catch for the entire rest of the season uh, that he caught kind of diving back ways with a, a defender on top of him with his hand in between Jones's hands and still came down with it and uh, Rodgers uh, I listened to him after the game was said about you know he had no doubt that that's a play that Jones can make and there's not many like wide receiver or sorry running backs that you're going to take those shots to and um i just think that you mentioned we're not going to see the touchdown total again i think he's at four through two weeks so we're well on the way but th- there will be weeks for jones where there's not those kind of big numbers but there's also you know with his usage in the passing game particularly if adams does miss a couple of weeks i i don't think he's going to miss too much time based on the reports but um Aaron jones has, has started this off incredibly well and at the moment uh, looks to be you know and a spot at the back end of the, the second round it uh, could be a really winner and for any I didn't start many drafts this offseason running back running back but for any of those guys that started maybe Saquon and, and Jones you know having that second running back there is going to help them out uh, dramatically but there's no doubt there'll be some rosters out there with the likes of Kamara and Jones on it uh, and those teams are, are really well set up the running back now unfortunately with the injuries that came from the the two guys that would have been going ahead off off kamara in drafts but um looking looking forward to the 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 third week of the season obviously to see how things go but we're going to finish it off a little bit rapid fire we're going to be back in another show then obviously on thursday but a little bit of rapid fire here sean to finish things up so uh, i'll let you head it off with the first one
0: yeah we we talked about hardman last week he's probably going to be uh, a little bit of a weekly focal point for the show considering some of our predictions and The Chiefs looked bad against the Chargers. very exciting debut by Justin Herbert there. Uh, Hard to believe that they might go back to Tyrod Taylor. The Chiefs, very sluggish. They did show a little bit of life after the Watkins injury. You never want to have an injury be something that actually opens the door. But did you feel like Hardman and his insertion into the lineup there was, was what gave the Chiefs a spark?
1: I think it gave a bit of a spark, but I think also sometimes with teams, you know, when you get into the second half and things like start to come down to the wire, it can you know that that kinda can really spur the action. There's not much that's gonna spur the action more than the fact that you think that you're about to lose the game. I think the Chiefs kinda started this game very slowly. They probably thought they were gonna to have a quite an easy day at the office and that wasn't how it turned out very swiftly and you know they kind of were dandering through that first half so i thought the team looked better for the chiefs after after the injury but that could just be a coincidence based on what i kind of touched on there but i still think hardman is going to going to have a lot of productive games we're two weeks in um i think i think that like if he's on any wire waiver wires after this week, you know if you're if you're looking after the run goes true, I think you you need to be picking him up because he's definitely somebody when it comes to those buys and things like that coming up after week four. I think he's definitely somebody that's uh, still going to be a value, and we know with Watkins the, the injury history, unfortunately, is something that um, we'll probably see him miss a number of games, and that's going to help Hardman as well. So. F. Watkins is out this week. Um, I think that just opens up the door even more for, for Hardman. You mentioned it there, Sean, and same game again. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, should should the Chargers go back to Tarod?
0: I don't think so. They, they looked so much different than they looked in week one. Now, again, just like he can look different one first half to second half, this doesn't mean that it was completely the rookie quarterback, but he was able to get Keenan Allen a little bit more involved the running game looked more explosive Austin Eckler looked better with Herbert back there there just was a lot more energy and this is a guy a lot of concern I think about his accuracy I look about at this in the same light as a just as a Josh Allen type of situation where it's not exclusively about accuracy now when you're talking about the NFL level and you're talking about the the tiny windows the quarterbacks have to throw into you can't just be throwing the ball everywhere right i mean you've got to put it on your guys but you also need to create an environment where you know you have the arm strength you can move around in the pocket you extend some of these plays when the scramble is there you take the scramble as opposed to throwing it away or taking the sack you extend some of these drives you give your guys a chance to get open right we've seen that with a russell wilson who now wilson has the accuracy but it's often sort of in the secondary Element. We're already into sort of the, the Sandlot type of play at that point. So the rookie, I think, gives them that. He's someone who many people thought was going to be the first overall pick before going back to Oregon for the final season there. He looked like a number one overall pick to me. Maybe it was just the fact that there was that contrast with how bad Tyrod looked in week one and with the fact that we didn't really expect the Chargers to be competitive in that game. But I liked him. I've been a little bit higher than the community in terms of where to draft him in Superflex. I'm excited to see what the Chargers can do with him. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand what the point would be in going back. I think if you're a head coach there, starting to develop the rookie gives you more of a lease on life in terms of trying to hold your job than you know winning a game or two with Taylor and then you know making the switch a little bit later on.
1: Yeah, I think what'll happen is like, you know, if if they start uh, Taylor this week, I think, you know, if you're, you know, 10 points down heading into the third quarter, I think the pressure's on you straight away to make the change. I I don't think, like I say, you know, the toothpaste is out of the tube now. I don't think he can put it back in. Maybe he'll have. Those games where he doesn't look good, but we're going to see that with Joe Burrow. We're going to see that with any young quarterback. And uh, I, I was very, very impressed. And I did mention on a couple of shows recently that I think that the sooner he's in the lineup, the better it is for us. Neckler, uh, Josh Kelly's looked great too, but I think it's better all around. You mentioned some of the uh, the pass catchers. I thought Hunter Henry, you know, had more opportunities because of it. I just think it's better all around. So you kind of know what you're going to get in Taylor, um, and you can kind of build that upside long term. Uh, with the rookie to see see how it goes last question sean on the show today i know it's one that we've kind of touched on before but this week uh, after week one i was kind of maybe maybe there is life left in those legs after week two it looks like there's very little life left in those legs it's aj green 13 targets 29 yards what was your outcome of uh, his performance in week two and and moving forward
0: well this could point in two very different directions aj green is not someone that i thought made any sense at his adp when you think of some of the guys that we liked later we're going to talk in thursday's show matthew friedman has a question for us about an emerging second year player who was available much much later than green but when we see this 13 targets for 29 yards it's both the question of how is that even possible and then you know if you like green at all then you're going to be tempted to to buy low if there's someone willing to sell when you see that target volume, right? I don't think there's any question that the Bengals have to shift more of their targets to t higgins more of their targets you know if they even feel like he's on the the team still to john ross Uh, tyler boyd came in looked fantastic i mean not came in he was he was playing the whole time but finally was receiving some targets toward the end made that extraordinary touchdown catch at the finish i think that there's this presumption that boyd is really just a completely underneath possession kind of guy we've seen him make some plays he had the extraordinary run in week 16 last year He needs more targets. One of the things that showed up in this game that I thought was surprising, and and occasionally the defenses and the safeties are doing some things that we may not always be taking into consideration. But for the most part, you know, unlike a situation with, say, a Julio Jones opening up a Calvin Ridley, A.J. Green is out there on an island. They did not worry about playing their guys on him one-on-one, right? And that's one of the reasons why he got the 13 targets because he was single-covered and yet he could not make any plays on the ball look very slow inability to change direction green has the the big size the long arms he's able to make some contested catches because of that size but he also doesn't have great hands right he's one of these players who has had a ton of volume makes some highlight catches but also drops a lot of passes one of the things that we saw in this game against the browns is just simply not being able to make not exactly routine catches but not be able to make the plays on the ball that maybe he used to make and to really question the hands as well as the legs. And so if you're going to say double digit targets the rest of the season then he's a buy. I think that the Bengals have to look at this game and have to consider moving some of those targets to other players even if the coverage continues to dictate going to Green. So, you know, th- this goes both directions. I wasn't on him to start with this game I think, confirmed some of the things I was concerned about. But that's also a trap when you get a couple of weeks in and you want to be right to not look at the fact that, I mean, this guy's getting crazy volume. So I think that if you can get a good price, that buying the volume here might be the sneaky move
1: and uh you know you mentioned it there calvin ridley my oh my uh through two weeks of the season we talked about a breakout we talked about how things would work out obviously uh it's it's all going according to plan with him we didn't even touch him in today's show uh you know the way that the seahawks offense played this week you know russell wilson you touched on him earlier uh, just how good he's playing the you know cam newton looks to be settling in quite well with the patriots just so many things that we we didn't get to we might touch on some of them uh, and the show later this week that's going to come out on thursday but lots of just exciting plays made this past week around the nfl so looking forward to more of that in week three Um. Obviously, as a listener to the podcast, um, you'll have heard Dave say it in the, the mid-read there of the, the show. Uh, you can save yourself 10% off a one-year Rotovis subscription right now. All you have to do is add the code 2020 RV Radio at checkout, or you can find out more at com forward slash podcast and the, the piece we talked about today we were looking through uh sean's kind of week one or week two sorry recap looking back at the things that happened uh, i would urge you to head on over check out the rest of that up on the website fantastic stuff we just we just kind of t- dipped our toes in the water much more that you can read in that as well and really with that that's all that we're going to have to, to say on today's show we're going to wrap things up my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to as always check out sean's great work up on rotoviz.com drop us a written and review on your favorite podcast app and until we're back with thursday's show have a good one The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still bet on all the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can still get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, divisions and championship futures all day every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Once again, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.